Guess who's back? Back again. My bookie's back. Tell a friend. That's right, DJs. Proud to say that we're once again being brought to you by my bookie. But just because they weren't paying us doesn't mean we haven't been giving them some love. I still use my bookie to this date, and you should too. Why? Because March is about to get crazy. Insane. Maybe even a little mad. If you're still on the hunt for a sportsbook to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to 25,000 big ones, or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, my bookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now, take advantage of their generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is use the promo code DEGENS, that's D-E-G-E-N-S, but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up-to-the-minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, anywhere. Use the promo code DEGENS to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc absolute sports betting degeneracy Hey everybody, Arch here, and it's Thursday, and we've got James to just basically print some money for us in the UFC. What's going on, James? Yeah, nothing much, mate. Obviously, same old, same old, and obviously speaking to you before. Uh, I had a decent weekend last weekend, yeah. so if you listen to my bets, you know, hopefully I earn you some money, and yeah, we look to go again next uh, this weekend, which we've got a... A 50-50 main event between Dirt Lewis and Alexi Olenek. So, yeah, it should be a good weekend. Yeah, man. What's been going on with you? Uh, anything anything interesting? Uh, I'm literally doing, obviously, the standard podcast work with UFC uh, with UFC Deluxe and uh, the Sports Search podcast. And I'm sort of working with other brands. So, recently, I've done a couple uh, podcasts and videos with uh, Rambling and Gambling Sports. They just hit me up. Oh, nice. To do some content for them. So, yeah, it's, it's good to sort of get myself out there and put, get my UFC sort of UFC Deluxe brand out there and the social media platform. But, yeah, I'm keeping busy. So, yeah, it's, it's good right now. Rambling, I mean, busy, like I said, yeah. Rambling, gambling. Is that what they're called? Yeah, Rambling and Gambling. Rambling they're and Gambling. An American outlet. Oh, okay. Okay. Nice. What do they talk? UFC bets? Um, they literally talk all sorts. Um, they do all sorts of sports, but yeah, I'm predominantly the MMA creator. Oh, and that sort okay. Of right. And well, I wonder yeah, where they I got. I wonder me, where they got that idea from. Yeah, I think 
if you're listening, Tony and Jeremy, you probably got to give my man Nacho a shout out. <laughs> that's all good. It's all good. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh man. Well, that's cool, man. I'm so glad everything's working out for you. Yeah, no, thank you so much, man. I so appreciate it. And I, I say this every week, but it all started from you giving me the opportunity to, you know, push my push myself on and, you know, get me motivated for the lockdown and to keep myself busy. But yeah, it all started from that Charles Oliveira versus Kevin Lee podcast I did with you. So yeah, I can't thank you enough, man. Oh, it's it's no problem, man. It's been a lot of fun. Let's have some more yeah, fun. Let's have some more fun. Let's get to it. Let's keep it going. Yeah, man. So you're starting from the top, right? Yeah, you know me too well. We'll start from the top and work our way. We start from the top and uh, now we're here. We'll go to the bottom. Um, well, yeah, we'll start with Derek Lewis versus Alexi Olenek. <laughs> this is a bit of a weird one. I think with the heavyweight division as a UFC fan, you know it's it's a bit of a, a sticky one to predict right now because obviously you've got the rubber match between Stipe Miocic and Daniel Cormier next week, I believe, and... It's just a weird situation for the heavyweights right now if you're the likes of Curtis Blades and Garni, Derek Lewis, because if De- uh, if D- DC wins, obviously he's going to retire. If Stipe loses, does he retire? But if he wins, does he retire or does he stick around? It's, it's a bit of a weird one if you're a heavyweight contender right now. But for Derek Lewis, uh, it's it's an important fight for him to sort of get himself back in contention because obviously he's already fought for the heavyweight title mm-hmm. against Daniel Cormier. But arguably when he was fighting then, I don't think he was ready. I think he knocked out Volkov the month before he fought DC and he just immediately got back on the drawing board and was like, I'm fine for the title. I don't think he had, he was ready at that time, but now he's just taking a step back, working his way back up. And I think, with Alexi Olenek, it's it's a bit of a tough one. I mean, he's a, certainly a, a tough fighter. And at 43 years old, you'd expect him to be slowing down, wouldn't you? But that doesn't seem to be the case. I think in 2020, thus far, he's 2-0. and And we saw a good performance against the former UFC champion in Fabrizio Verdum in his last outcome. So the boa constrictor, as they call Olenek, he's been in around for a while and like I said before, it's a clash up in styles. It's a heavy hard hitter against a heavy grappler. And oh, styles make fights, I guess. And with Elenik, he's been around the game for such a long time. I think he's got over 59 professional uh, wins under his belt, and 46 Jeez. of them have come by submission. <sighs> so you know that's the path to victory with him. But with Derek Lewis, I mean, he could just punch the living daylights out of you, and you know, you could wake up the next day you know, with no memory of the fight whatsoever. And that's how hard Derek Lewis hits. So this one's going to be an interesting five round fight. I think Alexi Olenek, his best bet is to obviously not get tagged early on and sort of ride his luck at times and sort of push on in the later rounds because that's arguably his path to victory. And obviously if he gets the fight to the floor, then it's all game over because Derek Lewis off his back, he's not great. And, also with Derek Lewis, his cardio is just not there. So if he's going to get the job done, he's got to get it early and he's got to get it done and dusted early on in the couple of rounds. I mean, we've seen Derek Lewis at times. He's come back from like a losing position. You see against Volkov, he was losing the first few rounds and against Brown and against um, Tavera. So it's, it's going to be a tough one for Lewis, certainly. But um, I've seen many favour uh, Elena recently but I've 
stuck to my guns this weekend. I'm probably going to steal back it today, and I'm going to go for a Derek Lewis fire first round TKO. First round TKO? Yeah, first round gets it done early. Oh, sick. I like that. Let's see here. Yeah, Lewis is right now minus 186. He opened up minus 250. So 60, mm. it's he's gotten better by 64 cents. Elanic mm. opened up plus 207. He's plus 159 now. So it's clearly that the money must be coming in on Elanic to drive that yeah. line like that. Uh, let's see. Lewis in by TKO minus 138. Mm. TKO KO submission. You, you, you know the drill. <laughs> in the first round, we're getting plus 275, though. And it just gets it just gets higher from there. If Lewis is going to win, yeah. it looks like it's going to win. It's going to be the first round because it goes to four fifty, then eight fifty, then fourteen hundred. You know, just gets yeah. bigger and bigger, longer, and longer. So it looks like you're right. If Lewis has a path to victory, it's got to be quick and it's got to be dirty. It's got to be fast. Yeah. yeah it's just... <laughs> All right. I'm going to back you on this. I like your I like where your head's at. I think Lewis does have enough to win. Yeah. Maybe. I, but I'm gonna have to follow you on your prop bets. I can't. I can't lay the 186 on Lewis. It's it's a little too close to lay that much. Mm. All right. But yeah, I, I like it. We're looking good. Lewis's cardio has gotten a little bit better, hasn't it? I remember he had the cardio of a 90 year old uh, grandmother back in the day, <laughs> but he's gotten better. Well, you got to feel sorry for you disrespecting the grandmother there. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, you're right, 100. percent I think. Since his fight with Daniel Cormier, he then lost to Junior DeSantos. And then he fought Blagoy uh, Ivanov in uh, November 244. Mm-hmm. That went for uh, three rounds. And then he also fought Ayeri Lafiti uh, a couple of months back at 247. That also went the distance for three rounds. So I think stick him in a five-round main event, you sort of start to see him stutter and slip towards the latter rounds and come four and five it's just going to be a difficult one for him but no I do agree with you I think just purely based on the fact when you if you're looking at his recent performances with the two victories coming by decision you've got to put some respect into his sort of cardio game it has improved recently but is it enough to last a full five rounds I'm not too sure yeah I'm not so sure either he knows this too so I think he's probably going yeah. to be, he's going to be trying to end it early oh yeah 100% all right I guess we're moving on. Yeah, Chris Weidman versus Amari Akhmedov. Uh, Amari sort of he comes into this fight at twenty and four and one. He's got an impressive record, and I think forty percent of his wins have come via a decision. And he's won the last five of his six fights, and he's coming off of a win in December over Ian Heinish. So he's starting to establish himself in the middleweight division recently. Um, he averages at around three strikes, uh, three significant strikes a minute, and he's got good accuracy percentage behind those strikes. He, he's, he, can, he likes to mix it up with Amari. He's a, he's a very well-rounded fighter. He, he can, he does have the ability to use the takedowns and take the fight to the floor and sort of uh, drag the fight out for 15 minutes or however long he's fighting just because of the ability to take down. So with Chris Weidman... <laughs> It's, it's a tough one, I think. I've seen a couple of people back him this week, and um, I'm not so sure. I think from what I've seen, I, I admire his confidence. I've heard him say, look, you, you, I think the last couple of fights have not gone my way, and this is going to sort of sit, be the new Chris Weidman. But at 36, I mean, I'm, I'm just not so sure what he's got to left to offer. I mean, I don't know. It's you a tough kids, one. You, you kids are punks. 36. He's not that old. <laughs> 
All right, he's getting on a bit if you're an MMA, if I'm you're a mixed martial artist. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I've seen him as a supply, uh, surprise favour in this one, I think, with uh, Amari. Nine of his uh, professional fights have gone by the distance, and he's won eight of those. And um, with this fight, I think we're probably going to see a decision with this one. This is going to go the full distance. I mean, Chris Weidman has got been knocked out in five of his last six fights. Whether Mari has the, the you know the power to sort of knock him out, I, I don't know. It's going to be a tough one, I think. With the form that Amari's in, you know, you've got to back him, and that's a, certainly a good pathway to push himself into top ten contention with a win over Chris Weidman. I think. I, I don't know. He's a technically sound fighter, but with Weidman, I think he's getting towards the end of his career, and I'm just not so sure on Weidman. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to have to back Amari Ahmed or via decision here. By, by decision, okay. By decision, yeah, Mick. All right. Amari opened up minus one eighteen. Chris yeah. uh, opened up plus 103 and they flip flop. Now it's Chris minus 133, Omari plus 115. Mm. I like that. I like that an awful lot. Just be, just looking at the fight, I was thinking I wanted Omari. I think Vegas had the line right mm. with with Omari being the favorite. And I think the money might be on the wrong side of this one. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to bet Omari as well. Chris, Omari via decision. Let's see here. Plus 350. That's what I'm mm. showing right now. So that's not bad. Not bad at all. I like it. But yeah, even if you're just going to bet the fight, I think Omari plus 115, I think there's value enough to take it. Yeah, no, um, 100%. It's, it's a weird one because, I've, like I said, I've seen many people back Chris Weidman this mm-hmm. week, and I'm just not so sure what he's got left to offer in the year. Do you, think I mean, that's, uh, do you think that's just brand name recognition? A lot of people are like, oh, I know Chris Weidman. Uh, yeah, no, I can see that to be fair. I yeah. mean, obviously the former middleweight champion beat Anderson Silva twice and many are thinking, you know, I've never heard of Amari before, so I'm just going to randomly stick money on Chris Wyman. And okay. yeah, I mean, unfortunately for those casuals out there, you're probably going to, if my bet does come through, if my prediction does come through, you're going to be in for a, uh, you, you, you now you now know how we feel when we see Chris Wyman fight. Don't, don't get your, <laughs> don't get your hopes up, mate. <laughs> Oh, nice, nice. All right. Uh, but yeah, that's good. Let's let's move on to the next one. Uh, Darren, the dentist, Stewart versus uh, Pitolo. Uh, that's going to be an interesting one. It's a middleweight bout. Like I said, Darren Stewart versus Mackie Pitolo. <sighs> I've seen it's 50-50 with this one. They've both got sort of similar records. They're both inconsistent. I think with Darren Stewart, he's fighting out of... Um, I think he's fighting from out of Croydon. Obviously, he's an he's a British fighter. Um, where is he? Yeah, yeah. He's pretty much fighting out of the east, northeast of sort of region of London. And mark my words, Arch, you don't want to be messing with the eastern Londoners. I'm sorry. Are they tough? Are they tough? <laughs> yeah, they're 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 thugs, as you'd call them. You know, you sometimes they carry like knives around in their pockets and across the street. So yeah, you don't want to mess with them. And obviously, with Darren. You, you you hear how his upbringing, how he's had to deal with that sort of side. As a former light heavyweight himself, I just think he's sort of going to bring the the bigger size and the reach over Mackey. I think I've seen many people favour Mackey on this one. I, I mean, it's going to be a, a, it's a close fight to score, really. Like I said, Stuart and Jordi, a horrendous, miserable start to the UFC. I believe he went 0-3 yeah. before he sort of picked up recently and um, 
I think he won four of his next five bouts. And then in his last fight, he was supposed to fight UFC London. Uh, but that obviously got cancelled. And then he, f- I, I have no idea why this happened, but the UFC let him fight at Cage Warriors 113 on the same night that UFC was supposed to happen in London against Bartos Fabritsky, oh. and he lost for a decision, which made no sense whatsoever. But he's been on a decent form as a take away that Cage Warriors fight. He's on four out of his five uh, fights in the UFC. Um, but on his day, he's won seven out, seven out of his 11 wins have come via a knockout TK, what have you. And four of them have come by a decision. So predominantly, he's more of a striker. And I, I just don't know. I think the dentist, Stuart, as they call him, he's going to come in as the aggressive fighter. But with West for Patolo, he's an aggressive fighter himself. He likes to punch in the pocket. But um, I think he made his debut in welterweight. So to a, a former light heavyweight facing a former welterweight, it's, it's going to be a tough one. I think this is going to be a fun one, though. This has all the ingredients to be a fight of the night contention just because they both love to fight and they're both violent. I don't think this one will go the distance. I think I'm going to go for a Stuart via TK in the second round. Second round. Yeah. All right, man. This is this is another one. Uh, Stuart opened up minus 193. Minus 193. He's minus 156 now. Yeah. So it's getting better for him. P- Patolo opened up plus 165, plus 135 now. So it's getting mm. worse for him. So it looks like the money must be taken Patolo. Mm. I, I kind of agree with you. I think Stewart probably gets this done from just looking at the stats. I, it is a close one. I like yeah, Stewart. yeah, I know, 100%. Uh, second round, TKO, plus 150. You're getting plus 150 for the uh, TKO. If it ends in the second, you're getting plus 600. Mm. Well, I can't. I can't ignore that. <laughs> you hit that last week with uh was it Vicente? Was that Vicente Luque? Yeah, yeah. yeah, that was your big. That was to circle that one. That was your. <laughs> that was your your pick of the night. Let's hope this is your pick mm. of the night too. Yeah, hundred percent. I can see that. Yeah, see, I've got about my boy here in this one. All right, but yeah, totally, hundred percent following you. Yeah, no, lovely stuff. I mean, it, it is a close one to call. I think they're both similar in terms of their style-wise, but just based on the fact that, obviously, with Stuart, he's more of a... He used to compete at light heavyweight. He's going to be the bigger guy, but they're both sort of similar in their attributes, but it's got all the ingredients to be a great fight, and, yeah, I've got nice. back Stuart for this one, I'm afraid. Cool. Very good. Very good. All right, man. Next up. Yeah. Oh, you got some, uh, you got some uh, good names. Yeah, I'm probably going to butcher this one. Yeah. We've got uh, Iana... Kunitskaya versus, uh, I'm just going to go Julia uh, Soliarenko. I, I think I've done all right with that one. I think so. Um, with, um, with Jana, she, she did very well early on in her career competing at the, I think she was a former Invicta champion. Well, uh, she fought it at Invicta. I think she lost to Tanya Evinger in the bantamweight sort of final. And then she also lost it. Uh, no, sorry, she won it the next time she fought at Invector because I think Tonya was then signed on to the UFC. So she beat uh, Raquel Paluria at Invicta uh, FC 25 in 2017. And it's a shame for Yana. I mean, she's fought four times in the UFC. She's two and two. And I think it's slightly unfair for the UFC. They gave her Chris Cyborg, Chris Cyborg <laughs> in a UFC debut. Whilst obviously Chris Cyborg was... Um, 
back in the prime before she fought Amanda Nunes, before she was just tearing it up. She still is doing well, Cyborg. So, and Iana, unfortunately, just got TKO'd in the, in the first round, which is a shame. Then she went two uh, unbeaten against uh, Lena Lonsberg and Marlon Renault. Uh, and a recent fight in December, she lost to Aspen Lad, who's more of an, an upcoming prospect in the women's div- bantamweight division. So you've got, there's no shame in losing to Aspen Lad. I think with Yana, I think, I, th- I think I've got a backer in this fight. She's obviously, she's been in around the game, the MMA game for a while, and she's a, a very technically gifted kickboxer and sort of <laughs> her takedown and her clinch work has equally been great in terms of her recent success over Marlon and Lena. So with uh, Julia, she she's obviously a different kettle of fish. I mean, this is going to be a tough one for Yana. I mean, she stepped in on the Lithuanian uh, Julia, Julia stepped in on short notice. So it's, uh, you know what I'm like. Uh, I, I tend to sort of favour... I, I sort of overlook the fighters who are stepping on short notice. So I always think it's yeah. difficult to, to to fight a, a woman, especially like Iana on short notice. But I'm like I said, with my prediction, I'm probably going to go with Iana via decision. However, with uh, Julia's stats over her career, she's fought 14 times and eight of her nine wins have come via submission. So if... Huda takes Yana down early on and, you know, we could see a first round submission. I think Yana, however, I think she's got the experience. She's one of the more better bantamweights in this sort of division right now. She's got a good, well-rounded mix of skills. So if she can use her decent defence to sort of stop the takedowns, I think we'll see a win by decision. Win by decision for Yana. Okay. Yana, yep. So Yana opened up minus 226. She's minus 220 now. Mm-hmm. Julia opened up plus 190. She's plus 185 now. So we're seeing a little bit of shift. Uh, I think people are probably just taking a flyer on that plus 190, just trying to get, get mm-hmm. paid. I'm with you. I, 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 I like Yana. It, it's too high. I don't think she's got a 69% chance to win the fight. That's a, just a, that's a smidge too high. So I can't, mm-hmm. I can't back the minus 220. Uh, your decision would get you minus 110. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it looks like Yana's. It's all setting up to look like she's probably going to win the fight, just the way the Vegas is setting the lines. Uh, yeah, pretty, you're pretty confident. What Yana decision? Yeah, pretty confident. Yeah, kind of confident. Yeah, usually, oh, hugely. Yeah. Okay, well, I'll follow usually you. Usually confident, much. <laughs> okay, okay. There you go. I'm going to follow you then. Minus one ten. Yeah, it's it's too high. It's too high to take this the, the fight. Mm, no, no, hundred percent. All right, man. And the next up, I think, is the final, or obviously the first fight in the uh, main card between Benil Darius and Scott Holtzman. <laughs> uh, I, I, I like this fight. I mean, I'm a, a decent follower and decent fan of uh, Benil Darius. I think he's on a four-fight winning streak, and he's been a, he's shown a sort of a, a different side to him as of recently. I think with his recent fights, he's tended to get it done early. Via the uh, first winner of his four winning streak, he won via decision to Tiago Moises, but the rest have been finishes early on. And he's just shown, shown that extra touch of class in his fights. I think ever since that loss to Edson Barboza and then the draw to Evan Dunham and then the defeat to Alexander Hernandez, we sort of, like I said, we've seen a different one. And, you know, he's been very impressive recently. I think his most 
convincing and his most notable win was the, the victory over Drew Dober uh, back in March of last year. And I think so that with Scott Holtzman, they're very evenly matched the pair and they're both very well, well-rounded. They can, they're decent hitters for the division, the lightweight division. And they can also, they've also proved that they can do it on the mat as well with, um, Benil with their eight of Benil's 23, 18 wins, sorry, coming via submission, four via TKO or knockout and six via decision. So he's got the ability, he's very well-rounded in that sort of capacity. I mean, with this fight, I don't know, I think with Holtzman, he's probably going to, right from the get-go, he's going to bring a, a very furious pace, but with Darius, he's sort of going to, He's going to start, not necessarily slow, but he's going to be very technical in his approach early on and sort of out of the two who's most likely to finish it, I'd probably say Benil. But I don't think we'll see a finish in this one. I think we'll get Benil Dariush for a decision in this one. Oh, decision. Okay. Mm. Let's see. Benil opened up minus 157 and now he's minus 171. So clearly mm. people are backing him. Holtzman opened up plus 136. He's plus 147 now. Yeah. All right. Your decision pick is... Going to get you plus 333. Mm. To win by TKOK or submission plus 120. Decision is plus 333. I, I like it. I think you're right. I think you're on the right side of this. I think uh, I think the money is on the right side. I think Vegas set the line right. Yeah. 171's a little high. God damn it. I want to follow you again. <laughs> we got to disagree eventually. We got we to gotta find something we disagree we, on. We might disagree on the next fight. I, I don't know. You think so? Uh, yeah, potentially. Okay. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Okay. Let's go. Let's, let's go. I'm going to follow you on this one. Let's go to the next fight. Uh, Tim Means versus Loreno Starpoli. <laughs> it's, with uh, Tim, he's just like I said, he's one of those where he's just so inconsistent. He started off, he's a true veteran of the sport. He's fought some uh, big names in his throughout his career. And recently, I think of his five last fights he's two and three so he's not well in that sort of sense I mean it's a, it's a tough one I think with Loreno he started off his UFC career okay I guess at the top of my head he signed with the company in 2018 and went 2-0 against Hector Odana and Thiago Alves before losing to Muslim Salikov last October and he hasn't fought since then, so that, he's nine and two, Loreno. So you can't. It's, it's hard to not back him in this fight. But um, I, I, with Tim, he's just like I said, he's just so inconsistent recently. I, I, I don't know with this one. Like I said, you favour you, you, you tend to favour Loreno on this one. He's nine and two. He's got some notable wins in his two out of his three UFC fights so far. Um, but they're both sort of technically versatile. I think with Means, just because of his sheer confidence and the way Loreno is not great in terms of defending takedowns, I think we should probably see, we, we might see Means sort of take the fight to the floor because he's got a decent wrestling background mm-hmm. and he's got a good striking background as well. He's very versatile. And uh, I think just based on his well-rounded game, I think we'll see Tim Means win by a decision on this one. We're not gonna, we're I not, guess from that laugh, you're agreeing with me. On yeah, this I'm one. agreeing with you. I liked Tim Means. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Plus well, one. Yeah, we'll have to agree, disagree at some point. Yeah. Uh, Tim Means <laughs> opened up plus 122. He's plus 117 now. So a little bit of money coming in on him. 
uh, Loreno opened up as a favorite, minus 141. He's minus 134 now. I, I like mm. the way the lines are moving. Looks like a little bit of money coming in on Tim Tim Means, and I think that's the I think that's the play. I think absolutely. I, I don't know if it's a I don't know if it's a vote for Tim as much as a vote against Loreno. Mm. I'm, I'm not sure here. Um, the by decision, Tim Means is plus three hundred. Yeah, I like that. I like either side. I, I I'm gonna bet I'm gonna bet Tim Means plus the one seventeen. I'm going to do it. I'm not necessarily following you on the decision. I have to disagree with you a little bit. I'm just going to bet Tim Means to win the fight plus 117. Are you going to give me a prediction or in terms of the round? Tim or? Means will win the fight. <laughs> yeah, I know you don't like giving you uh, predictions. I, 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 still haven't quite, I still haven't quite figured out how to do this mathematically, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm working on it. <laughs> Right. Yeah, no, that's fine. Obviously, we we'll probably get there at some point in the end. I'm working. I'm working on it. It's, there's, <laughs> there's, a lot of, there's some other stuff going on too. I, I got to fail at baseball every day. So, yeah, I don't know. Obviously, with baseball, I'm guessing that's sort of a tough one to predict. Well, for me, it's it, it's very tough. So, <laughs> <laughs> having a rough time. All right, what's the next fight up? Um. <laughs> I think this one was announced recently. I think it's originally it was supposed to be Nasrat Hakaras uh, versus Alexander Munoz, but I think a middleweight clash between Kevin Holland and Joaquin Buckley just got announced, yeah. and that sort of pushed that up. And I think that's the next fight we've got on here. I believe at the top of my head. Yep. So yep, with yep. obviously Kevin Holland, he's on a three-fight winning streak. I mean, I, I like. The looks of Kevin Holland in his recent fights, he's still 27, he's still pretty young, but he's also got some experience behind him. And uh, whereas with Hakeem, he's making his UFC debut. So it's always a tough got, a tough to step in on short notice. I think he fought last week uh, in, in the oh, LFA promotions again, and he beat Jackie Kosh by first round, uh, second round TKO. And then he immediately got the call to say from the UFC, he said, do you fancy making your UFC debut against Kevin Holland? Surprised he accepted it, to be honest. <laughs> but uh, it's never easy to step in on a UFC debut against a guy like Kevin Holland. I mean, with Holland, he's just, he's such a big, mid- he's, he's a huge middleweight, six foot three. He has a significant reach over um, Joaquin so it, it really will be a tough day at the office for Joaquin stepping on your UFC debut against Kevin Holland I mean with this one with Kevin he was supposed to fight recently at the top of my head but um, he's had a couple of fight cancellations recently and it's a bit of a shame for Kevin but you know he fights this weekend and <laughs> it's hard to sort of back Buckley on this one I'm going to go for a Kevin Holland via Ooh, a second round TKO. Second round TKO for Kevin Holland. I don't. We don't. They don't have the. Uh, they don't have the props listed yet for the fight. Just the just just the apps. Just the number. Just the base number. They don't have the props. Yeah, no. Listed. I think this fight was literally just announced. I think yeah. yesterday or the day before. So. Yeah. yeah. So that, we've got to keep an eye on that. But Kevin Holland to win the fight minus four fifty. Yeah. Uh, Buckley to win the fight plus three fifty. So mm. it's too rich, too rich for my blood. I'm not, I'm not betting this one at all. I'm sitting this one out. I'll take a look when the props come out to see what kind of yeah, money. Yeah. I'll see what that second round TKO looks like. Maybe I'll make a bet then. But 450, there's no way. I'm just off that game and off the fight entirely. Mm. All right. Well, you'll see what, how you do. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. Next up. So yeah, ne- next up was the obviously the fight. I, well, obviously, just before um, Kevin Holland, which is Nasrat Kares versus Alex Muniz. With Nasrat, with Nasrat, I think he made his UFC debut. He's on a sort of he was on a good run across the European promotions in uh, <clears throat> Germany. And he made he made a, a great name for himself there and he fought a world to and a lightweight. He went eight and one before the UFC signed him. Unfortunately he lost in his UFC debut, but then won three fights back to back. And we lost saw Nasrat at UFC two four six in January where he lost to Drew Dober. This going into that fight with Drew, there's some sort of hype behind Nasrat's name and I don't know if the fight's necessarily de uh, hyped that hype train, uh, derailed that hype train. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I, I like Nasrat. I mean, nine out of his eleven wins have come via TKO or knockout, and I, I like him just based on the fact that he's done so well across the European promotions, and he's still a, a reasonably he's still making his way into the sport at the age of twenty four, and to have. Uh, around 14 professional fights at the age of 24, it's still a good reading for him. And obviously, with some fighters like Nasrat, it tends to sort of take a loss to sort of take uh, a step back and realise where you went wrong and how you can improve. And I think with Nasrat, I think we'll probably see him come up on top with this one. I think with Alex Munoz, I think at the top of my head, he's... 6-0 and, and he received a contender series call from Dana White against Nick Newell in 2018 and he won to secure a contract and I think he wouldn't fight for, for 15 months after until um, a decision victory over Troy Lamson so Why so long? Just I, I, I don't know if the okay. top man I think it no, might have fine. been injury or something or the UFC struggled to get a fight and uh, I think he was originally supposed to fight Louis Pena in February as well, but then he had to withdraw for injury, Alex. So this is sort of his uh, comeback fight as well. Uh, sort of Munoz's best chances of winning this fight is to sort of grind it out and in, in necessarily not try and get caught early on because Nasrat has sort of proved he, he sort of struggles to go the full distance. If he's coming up against a guy who's evenly matched and has the ability to take the shots and fire back at Nasrat, then we'll start to see him struggle. But um, Nasrat's got a very good high volume in terms of his offensive striking. So mm-hmm. if he does find some early success in that striking and maybe with some of his decent grappling background, I think Nasrat will probably take the first round just to sort of get to know Alex in his game. I think we'll see him finish it off late in the second round. So I'm going for a Nasrat by a second round TKO. Nasrat in the second. Cool. Nasrat opened up uh, minus 276 mm. and everyone's jumping ship. He's minus 221 now. So he's gotten yeah. 55 cents better. Alex opened up plus 227. He's plus 186 now. Mm. So it looks like the money's coming in. We finally got a disagreement. We finally got really? a disagreement. Yeah, I'm going to take Alex. I got to back Alex on this one. Oh, dear. Yeah. I'm, I'm pumped. I'm excited. Finally, we can disagree. What's the reason? Yeah, what's the reason behind it? I'm Go looking on, at I'm the numbers. I'm looking at the numbers. It looks to me like Alex has the slight edge over Nasrat, just slightly. Mm. Uh, and well, obviously, I like the way the money's coming in. If it's he's gotten mm. 41 cents worse, it yeah. tells me that the gambling, hopefully, that the money out there knows something. You know, they may have a good idea of what might happen. Mm. So I'm going to do it. I'm going to jump on Alex uh, plus 186. 
Yeah. And your second round decision or second round TKO, excuse me, of Nasrat plus 130 is for mm. the TKO. And to end in the second would get you plus 550. So there we go. Plus 130 for the KO or the TKO. And then plus 550 if it ends in the second. Mm. Nice. All right, man. I like it. I like it. Uh, you're you're going to get paid when you, unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, you're on the wrong side of the fight. So. <laughs> Oh, man. Good stuff. All right. Let's see yeah, if we can disagree again. What do we got next? Uh, we've got Andrew Sanchez versus Wellington Terman. Uh, I like with this one. It's obviously a middleweight clash. And with Andrew Sanchez, at 32, he came in, I believe he came through by the uh, sort of the uh, Ultimate Fighter Series, whereby he beat Khalil Roundtree. He had, he had a good sort of uh, promotion days with the RFA. So, and then obviously he got the shout. Had the Ultimate Fighter beat Khalil Roundtree. Then he won his UFC debut against Trevor Smith, and then lost back-to-back fights against Anthony Smith and Ryan James, and then won by uh, by one Mark against Marcus Perez. Sorry, and then Mark Andre Berriot, and then his last fight with Marvin Pittori, he lost for a decision, and he hasn't fought since then, which was back in October. This is an interesting one with Wellington Terman. He's coming off of a decision victory over Marcus Perez, and then he stepped in on short notice, I believe, to face Carl Robinson the fight before that, which was way back in 2009, which was way back last year, early last year, last Friday decision. This is a close one to call, in my opinion. I think with Andrew, oh, he's got sort of. A great, genuinely, he's got some good skills in him. I mean, he's got some heavy hands. He's got some great quality background, and um, he's got a good sort of contender-worthy game. He can sort of, if he gets a couple of wins out there, he's probably going to put himself in the mix for a contention to face the top fifteen. But I think the one thing that's let him down is his sort of cardio. But maybe mm. we might see him come up clutch in this fight against Wellington, who's just. It's a tough. It's a tough one to call with uh, Wellington. I think seven of his professional victories have come via seven out of his fourteen, sixteen sorry victories have come via submission. So if we see Andrew sort of defend well and sort of use his good striking to sort of pick him apart, maybe we'll sort of see a decision victory. I think we'll see the fight go the full distance. I Ooh. think with Andrew, we'll he has the ability to sort of defend Wellington's takedowns offense and then sort of pick him apart himself from potentially on the floor, whether it's standing. And I think from the top of my head, I think Sanchez has never been taken down in the UFC before. So I think we're going to see Sanchez victory via decision. You're right. Sanchez is takedown defense. 100%. Mm. So Sanchez. Via crazy. De- yeah, that's insane. I've never seen that before. <laughs> So Sanchez via decision here. Well, let's look at that. Let's look at that. Uh, Sanchez opened up plus 135. He's plus 130 now. Uh, so mm-hmm. Wellington Turner opened up minus 156. He's minus 155 now. So it's just, it's, it's an, it shifted a nickel. Big, big deal. Big deal. Um, mm. I think you're right. I didn't, I wasn't crazy about this fight. No. Uh, gun to my head. I would back Sanchez too. Maybe I should be crazy. It's plus 130. Uh, your decision, uh, Sanchez via decision plus 220. Mm. All right. Well, I, I guess I'll follow you here. <laughs> Plus two twenty. I can't. I can't ignore that. Man, I'm looking at these fight times too. Uh, average fight time: Sanchez fourteen minutes sixteen seconds. Wellington Turner average fight time fifteen minutes. 
Mm. That's a recipe for going to the decision, right? I mean, yeah, come on. so we can see. Yeah, we can see where this is going. <laughs> yeah. So shit. Yeah. Let's. I'll follow you. I, I like Sanchez. I'll follow you. Decision plus two twenty. Mm. All right. This next fight is absolutely insane. Yeah, I like this fight a lot. I think Justin James versus Gavin Tucker. With yeah. Justin, he stepped in on short notice against. Uh, well, he replaced Matt Favola on short notice, and I believe that's on my head. I think we were discussing this as well recently. I think I, I went. I don't know. I'm not sure if I went. I'll have to rewatch the uh, podcast, but I'm not sure if I went against Justin on this one. I might have done, but. Um, He's insane, man. He won by a, a knockout in 40 seconds of the first round against Frank Camacho. And obviously, to step in and make your UFC debut to win of 40 seconds is just crazy. <laughs> and predominantly, a lot of his fights do end in the first round. I think all bar one or two have of his victories have come outside of the first round. So you know he likes to get it done early. He's a hard hitter himself in the division. So th- this is a sort of a, an interesting test for Justin. It'll be interesting to see how he can fit, how he fares against a guy like Gavin Tucker, who's eleven and one, who's thirty four now, and he's he's, he's he's not as active as he should be. I think with uh, Gavin, he made his UFC debut against Sam Sicilia in two thousand seventeen, fought a couple of months later, and then it was two years before we saw him fight again. In July 2019, he hit Sung Wu Choi and he won that fight and we haven't seen him fight since. So it'll be interesting to see whether the sort of the lack of uh, activeness will go against him in this fight. Um, but it, with Gavin Tucker, he offers a lot more. He's, he's certainly a different fighter compared to the ones that Justin has fought a lot of his career. He's a smooth operator. Tucker's very capable in the wrestling department so if just if Gavin can avoid those hard shots early on and sort of take him down maybe we'll sort of see Tucker sort of grind it out to the decision if he gets caught early on then you know it's lights out for Gavin but I'm going to back Gavin on this one via decision you're going to back Gavin via decision mm-hmm. this one's terrifying to me check this out really I'm, I, I don't know if I've seen a, a bigger line shift in UFC ever Gavin opened at minus 224. Gavin's yeah. minus 120 now. That's 104 cents. He's gotten better by 104 cents. Justin James <laughs> opened up plus 189. He's plus 105 now. Ooh, that's insane. <laughs> like, that's <laughs> massive shifts. I mean, it's like somebody's way off. Either Vegas really messed up when they set the line or the money is seeing yeah. something that's absolutely not there. I, I, I can't. I can't. I, I think you're probably right. I think Gavin Tucker wins. Yeah. But I can't ignore that shift. I'm just good. Just on general principle, I'm going to throw a bet on Justin James. Just because. Just to get it done? Yeah. Hmm. Just to get it done. Yeah. Plus 105. I have no yeah. idea what's going on, but man, you can't, I, I can't ignore an 84 cent shift. No, no, 100%. I think obviously I think what people in terms of uh, Justin may be sort of favoring is obviously his ability to get people away early on. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this this is an interesting fight to say the least. Insane. I think you're, I think you're right. I think Gavin wins, but I'm just throwing some money, you know, just on general principle, <laughs> mm. Justin. So Gavin via decision is plus one seventy five. Yeah. So yeah, not bad. You'll get paid. 
Wait, <laughs> assuming you're right. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. All touch right. wood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, touch wood indeed. All right, man, that's a crazy fight. That's going to, that's one, yeah. that's, that, you got to circle that one. That looks like a must watch fight just because of the crazy line movement. Mm, yeah, no, 100%. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, from a Ben perspective, in that one. Yeah, no doubt. All right, man, what's next up? Uh, next up, I think we've got two more fights left. So, we've done well. We've got Yusuf Salah versus Peter Barrett. With Yusuf. <laughs> From his uh, UFC career, so he's, he impressed me very much. Um, early on in his LFA career, he came off the back of two defeats and then he's unbeaten in three since. So, you know, you've got to give him some credit. He's sort of learned from his mistakes and he's gone back on the saddle and he's gotten a couple of good decision victories over <laughs> recently over the likes of Austin Lingo and uh, Jordan Griffin. He's, he's impressed a lot of the masses the, across the MMA community in his uh, UFC career so far, and he's only 23. Okay. With Peter Barrett, he's making his UFC debut. He won by a decision against Sang Hun Yo on the Contender Series in 2019, but he hasn't fought since. He hasn't, this is, like I said, is his first debut in the promotion. He's had a couple of bouts scheduled, but they've uh, unfortunately been cancelled. Whereas with Yusuf, his last fight was in February, I believe. No, no, sorry, uh, July against Jordan Griffin. His UFC debut was in uh, February. Okay. So he's got the activeness behind him. And, the, you know, they, they call him the Moroccan devil. The Moroccan devil. It's, it's a tough one. I thought earlier, later on in the rank fights with Jordan Griffin, I thought the... Um, Salah would tend to struggle in terms of the grappling attack from Jordan, but mm-hmm. you know he, he did well to maintain his composure and turn it around and sort of pick him apart late and towards the round. So he's got he's got a good uh, striking background. His sort of takedown defense is uh, not up to scratch, but it's it's okay. So with this one, don't expect a sort of uh, an early finish, if you will. I think Salah is a technical sort of fighters he's all right in terms of his stand up and he's okay when it comes to the grappling exchanges apart from his defense so i'm going to go for a zalal by decision again oh decision okay so you're getting plus 110 there this is this is more in line with what we kind of see <laughs> uh yusef opened up minus 288 peter barrett mm. opened up plus 235 everybody's everybody's on yusef everybody in the world uh, he's yeah. he's minus 1 or he's minus 471 now so Vegas set a line, and then the money just pounded that line, and it's gotten 183 cents worse. <laughs> so yeah, uh, you're right. I'm gonna follow you here. I'll, I'll follow the decision. Uh, I can't lay 471 dollars on Yusef. No. I just can't. I think so. We'll follow you. Decision. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. You sure uh, you don't want to? Yeah. Lay that money? No, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> That's a little outside of my comfort zone. <laughs> yeah no i suppose all right so it's, uh, yeah no finally we've got uh this is obviously like i said the final fight between Irvin rivera versus aliao kayasi it's an interesting one <clears throat> um i think with ali he's making his promotional debut mm. and he is unbeaten in five fights so he's, he's done a, he's been very impressive across the promotions across the globe and whereas with Irvin Rivera he lost in his UFC debut to Giga Chatsi and I think that was obviously a couple of months back so this is sort of a, a good comeback fight for Irvin 
the the beast as they call him, not Derek Lewis, obviously the black beast. But um, <laughs> it'll be interesting to see how Irvin bounces back from this one. This is, uh, I'd, I'm not sure with this one. I think with Al Kias, he might sort of land some early takedowns. It's just up to uh, Riviera's uh, sort of power and his sort of ability to sort of defend the takedown exchanges and uses decent cardio and ability to sort of get himself out of danger. I think we'll sort of see a, a quick start from Mali, but then we may see Irvin start to pick him apart in the later rounds. So I'm going to probably go for another, I'm probably, well, I say the later rounds, I think come out of the first round where we might see al sort of dominate the early exchanges, but once Riviera's power and cardio and his, well, his versatility get the better of Val in the second round. I think we'll see a late second round TKO victory for Rivera. Second I think round? we'll see a late stoppage. Yeah, okay. a late stoppage in the second for Rivera in favor. Okay. Uh, this is unremarkable fight. Minus 200 is how Irwin opened up. He's minus 181 now. Uh, yeah. Ali opened up plus 170. He's plus 155 now. So it's gotten a little bit worse for Ali, a little bit better for Irwin. Um, I don't have enough... I couldn't find much on Ollie's like stats. It was hard for me to find much about him. <laughs> yeah, no, this is his uh, obviously his debut. Yeah, yeah, it's just and so it's just tough to tough for me to to kind of gauge that. Yeah, uh, second round for Irwin. If it ends in the second for Irwin, it's plus eight hundred. Yeah, that's that's nice. <laughs> nice payday. <laughs> uh, if Irwin wins the TKO decision, plus two and a quarter, plus two twenty five. Yeah, I like that. Fuck it, I'll follow you. <laughs> Why not? It, and money's good. I mean, let's let's start the night a thousand dollars up. Let's just let's just do that. Yeah, imagine, yeah. imagine that. <laughs> yeah, and then we yeah then we can coast for the rest of the fight. So we can just you know play yeah, play, can... play with Vegas's money the whole time. Yeah, doesn't matter how the rest of the fight comes out as long as uh, <laughs> our boy gets it done early on in the same round. Then he gets a nice little payday, and we can just sit back for the rest of the fights. Sounds good. Sounds good. You could go to bed <laughs> early. You wouldn't have to stress out so much. Yeah. No. Hundred <laughs> percent. It's obviously unfortunate for the UK MMA fans. Yeah, it is. It is. They need to. <sighs> Didn't they used to kind of make it time? Like, I remember when they're fighting in China, it was like, you know, six in the morning here or whatever it was. So, I mean, didn't they yeah. used to kind of schedule things based on local time? Is that, but they don't anymore. <laughs> no, it's just, it's, it's a shame. It's infuriating, really. I mean, you yeah. look at Fight Island recently, Abu Dhabi are only two hours ahead of us. So the fighters were only were fighting at like six seven a.m. in the in the morning, mm. just so it would benefit benefit the Americans who, I think, would only have to stay up till like eight nine ten in the evening. So it wasn't bad for them, but it's obviously bad for the the across Europe and Abu Dhabi because obviously they have to stay up as per. But now the only time we'll probably see MMA at a fair time is obviously at UFC London or any UFC European events. Yeah. Well, damn you, Dana. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Well, that was cool. Uh, so again, you're over at Sports Sesh. Yeah, that's your it's podcast. The Sports Sesh podcast. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> and uh, UFC Deluxe on Twitter. Yep. UFC Deluxe on Twitter still going. Yeah, and some other gambling podcasts apparently got the brilliant idea to put you on. So I, you're you're over there on some other gambling podcasts. <laughs> What are you trying to get out there? No, <laughs> no, I'm just fucking around. They don't, I don't, they don't, compare, they don't compare to ASD, of course. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about or anything else we need to know before I kick you out of here? 
no, I think we've covered it all there. Like I said, well, like you said, you can follow the uh, Sports Edge podcast on Facebook. We're probably going to start a Twitter page soon. I'll get that oh. set up. Um, That's what you need, James. You need one more Twitter account. You don't have enough. Yeah, I'll probably get Mason to run this one because, like you said, uh, that you've subtly brought it up that I've got too many Twitter accounts as of right now. <laughs> so I'll probably give that one to Mason. But we need a—I I think we need a Twitter account. But um, yeah, Sports Edge podcast on Facebook and UFC Deluxe, and you can also see my other work, my professional journalism work, and my personal at Evans James ninety nine. But yeah, that's all we need to know, man. Uh, but yeah, thank you for having me on again. It's a pleasure. Oh yeah, it's so much fun. All right, man. Let's 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 make some money this weekend. And yeah, and hopefully that'll lead on to UFC two five two. There you go. I can't wait. <laughs> all right, James, yeah. get, get out. Take of care, here. mate. Information on this podcast may not be construed to offer any kind of investment advice or recommendations. Under no circumstances will the owner operators of this podcast be held responsible for damages related to its contents. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.